This is PhotoBizX, episode number 489, and today we are talking SEO, search engine optimization, but in a more specific way than usual. Our special guest is going to be sharing how to maintain your rankings if you're making major changes to your website, moving to a new platform, or you're having your website redesigned. All things that can massively disrupt your rankings that you may have worked so hard to build up. Our special guest is Georgie Hope, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photography Business Exposed podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business. Our special guest today, like I said, is an SEO expert. She's also the author of a number of books on the topic. We're going to get to Georgie in just a second. And just like usual with these interviews, even if you aren't planning a major change to your website, you still will pick up a ton of little tips and ideas to help you with your SEO. So stick around for this interview with Georgie. It's coming up in just a minute. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I featured Wendy Norman, a US-based photographer who lives in the most incredible place. She was a very successful wedding photographer, a large wedding photographer. And when I say large wedding photographer, I'm talking about big, full-on, all-day weddings like most of us wedding photographers photograph. She transformed her business to become a full-service elopement photographer where she basically coordinates the whole day for any couple looking to come to her location to get married. She'll organize the celebrant, the location, the florist, the hair and makeup artist, anything and everything that that couple will need to elope without all the headaches that go along with planning a wedding. It really is a fantastic business model. Make sure you get back and have a listen to that one, particularly if building a business is as exciting to you as the photography side of things, because I think you'll be blown away by what Wendy created and how she's able to duplicate it in other cities, which she has started to do. Again, get back and have a listen to that one with Wendy Norman if you didn't catch it last week. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We are going to jump into this interview with Georgie Hope in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is, unfortunately, you're not going to hear the full interview today with Georgie. I am saving a large portion of the middle. It's usually the second half, but this time it's a bit more of the middle of the episode. And I'm saving that for premium members only. The good news is if you are loving what Georgie shares in the first half, you can easily access the full interview and every interview for that matter with a 30 day $1 trial membership. So come and check it out for a dollar. See what you're missing out on every single week. Get a feel for the membership, the members Facebook group and everything that goes along with the membership. Again, all for $1. And there are more details about that at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is the author of multiple books, including How Does SEO Work? SEO for Photographers, Pre-Launch SEO Checklist, SEO Migration Checklist, and others. 
She's the owner and SEO strategist of her company, Large Hope. They're based in Queensland, Australia, and the company focuses on search engine optimization for small local businesses by helping them to generate more leads online, particularly from their local areas, which would be perfect for us photographers. I'm talking about Georgie Hope, and I'm wrapped to have her with me now. Georgie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So good to be here with you today. Yeah, it's nice to speak to another Aussie on SEO. I've only ever spoken to Americans and people from Europe on the topic. How did you get into SEO? Yeah, well, it's actually a crazy story because I decided to become a mortgage broker and I did that like a month after the financial crisis hit. And we then had to try and work out ways to do marketing. Like there was no clients anymore, so it was just marketing. And doing some SEO on the website was kind of the only thing that worked of all the strategies. And so then I decided I'd do an internet marketing course. And then I went, oh, I kind of like SEO better than mortgage working. (laughs) So that's what I've been doing, you know, since then. Wow. And I said in the intro there that you help small businesses. So, I mean, I'm guessing photographers are part of your portfolio because you have that book title. What kind of businesses do you help? Yeah, photographers um, often like to do stuff themselves. And so that's why I wrote that book. So the books that I kind of wrote were more for the people who do like to do SEO themselves. A lot of the clients that I have like longer term are like home improvement companies. So build decks or do roofing. And so often it's people who just want to be doing their trade. They don't really want to be working on, you know, on their website (laughs) or working on the SEO or doing all that stuff. I just want to be out, out doing it. And I imagine, you know, there's a lot of photographers as, as well who like to be, you know, love to be out photographing, doing that work too. But yeah, it can vary from industry to industry as to who's like, some people I think just have more of an aptitude for it and other people are just like, I don't want to (laughs) know. Just do it for me. (laughs) Exactly. So when you say SEO to me, I mean, I do think of, you know, keyword phrases and titles and backend stuff that I might do to my website. But I also think heavily about writing blog posts. You know, when someone comes to you and talks about or wants to hire you for SEO, where does your headspace first go? Yeah. So the first thing we always do is the keyword research. And then I'll kind of talk to them about, well, what are the actual services of these, you know, 10 that you have (laughs) that you really most want to get clients for? So if it was a photography client, you might do lots of different kinds of photography, but it might be baby photography that might be the thing that you really, really want to specialize in. And so then we'll focus kind of on, you know, the one or two areas that are the priority for you. And certainly in some industries, blog posts can be a huge part of SEO because people are actually searching for all kinds of topics online. To give you an example of a client where we don't really do blog posts is a client that does automatic gates. And there's really not that much that you can write about automatic gates because people just don't search for anything other than somebody to install them. (laughs) Right. Okay. It's funny you say that. So my eldest son, Matthew, he and his girlfriend have just bought a place and they're trying to get quotes right now for an automatic gate. (laughs) This is, uh, this is bizarre. 
But yeah, so he did exactly the same thing. I don't think he did any Googling on, you know, for information about automatic gates. He just looked for quotes. Exactly. So what you say is exactly right. Exactly, yeah. So if I was to have a blog post about automatic gates, would that be then easier to rank for that term or it's not even worth it because people aren't looking for it? If we can find anything that's remotely relevant, we can write posts about it. But the main reason that we're then doing that is just to get a link from within the post to one of their main service pages. So it can be a very expensive way of doing SEO because of the fact that, yeah, like no one's really probably going to ever particularly read the blog post. It was more just to get an internal link within the website. Whereas in photography, I mean, people can search for all kinds of things. So, you know, it might be that if you're a wedding photographer, they might search for the best wedding venues in a certain location and you can write a a blog post based on that talking about how you know that this is a great venue because you can get these amazing photos at that venue. (laughs) Right. And so in photography, definitely blog writing, people will find the blog posts as well so that you have, you know, you're kind of creating a much bigger web for people to be able to find you. Okay. And then you mentioned internal links there. And I know, and I'm sure the listener does too, the value of external links pointing back to websites. So should we be linking internally as well? Yeah. So external links are really important, especially for like that Gates website I spoke to you about because it's hard to do the blogging side of it. So the biggest thing that we do for them is get listings in all kinds of directories for them. But for websites where you can do blogs as well as the directory listings, then yeah, the power of the blog is twofold or threefold actually, because the first thing you can do is that people might search for it and find you. The second thing is that you can put a link from that page to your main service page about whatever that topic is. So if it was wedding photography, then you can have like 50 blog posts on wedding photography that all have an internal link back to your wedding photography page. And then the third thing is that you can share blog posts on social media. And on social media, blog posts would tend to do better than a service page because it's, you know, the 10 best wedding venues or or something rather than here's my wedding photography service. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, and then, so do they count as external links like a post to, you know, Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, whatever it may be? Do they count as external links? It's kind of more seen as like as a social presence kind of indicator. So Google will be able to tell how much traffic is coming to your website from those posts. So that's the other thing. When you do actually share that on your social media or anything on your social media, if you're putting a link back to pages on your website, then yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a social credit that you're kind of getting to show Google that people are interested in your site. Got it, got it. And just sticking with the gate company for an example, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned directories there. So I'm guessing, are they like building directories in that case? Yeah, the first thing, um, we look for a number of different kinds of directories. So industry specific is definitely a good one. Then we're looking for ones that are Australian directories. Or sometimes you can find one that's a local area directory, but they're quite rare. So Australian directories and then also international directories that have an Australian section in them. Right, okay. And are these paid directories that you're encouraging them to sign up to or are they free listings? We only do the free listing ones. Okay. Yeah. So photographers could do the same thing, go and look for directories. 
Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, like we have a, like a massive list of, of them um, that are sort of like the general ones. There's a service called Bright Local that we use as well because they have a list that's, I suppose, part of our list now, but we can get them to do it too. And so if you really don't want to do that, if someone really doesn't want to do that side of their, because it can be very time consuming, like some directories might take 15 minutes to list on, but some can take an hour. And so you can find other companies out there that will do directory listings. Okay. So we could hire someone like you or another Mm. company and do those listings for us. Okay. Create them for us. And just on the topic of these directories and uh, getting backlinks, what are your thoughts on Google My Business or is it Google My Place, Google My Business still? Has it changed? <laughs> I think it's changed its name like every year. But <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the one that when you search your name, <laughs> yes, it comes up on the right-hand side. <laughs> yeah. Is it Google Places? Yeah. I don't know. It, it does change all the time. It was Google My Business and now it's recently changed to something else, which I can't even off the top of my head think of what it's called now. <laughs> okay. So how important is that listing and how much time should we spend sort of is it propagating the information in there? Yeah. So... Those listings are specifically designed for places that have a physical location. So if you're somebody who works from home and you want to use your home address, then you can. If you don't want to use your home address, then it's a bit more difficult. (laughs) So if you don't want to use your home address, it is a bit more difficult because then you'd have to get somebody else that would allow you to, to use the address. But I suppose if you have a photography studio, you can use that address. Uh, For a lot of my clients, it's very beneficial and helpful because they can get in those first three listings for in their local area. I think it really kind of depends how close you live to a location that people will search for. So if it's a main city like Sydney or Brisbane and you live very close into that city, then it's going to be much easier for you to get into what they, in that sort of three pack that comes up. But if you like I have some clients that live sort of an hour and a half away from Brisbane but want to try and rank for Brisbane. <laughs> right, okay, so that's more difficult. Very difficult, yeah. And But the thing that's actually the most powerful at getting you to rank in those three location places is actually doing SEO on your website. Well, And so writing blog posts and using the Brisbane phrase inside your blog posts? It's more that if your website can rank for, say, Photographer Brisbane, and it's in the top three in the Google, in the organic sort of Google listings, then you're more likely to rank in those top three that show up for the Google places. Okay, so hang on. So if I'm outside of a capital city, but I want to rank for that or or that big city, Mm -hmm. so are you saying I should write blog posts that use that city's name in those blog posts? You could do that, but it's more about, it's probably more about getting your homepage to rank. For that city? Yeah. So what some people will do is just try and target the locations that are close to where they live. Right. So if you want to come up for like the local suburbs. Yeah. So, but I'm not going to rank them for the cap. So you're saying don't even try and rank for the capital city or it's going to be because it's going to be too difficult or I should try. Yeah. Sorry. It's probably a bit confusing. (laughs) What I, what I do for my clients is we create the listing so that they have it there with all the information that they can possibly put into it. But then we just focus purely on doing whatever we were doing, what we would always do for the SEO for their website. And we don't really think about Google My Business. 
if they have a location that's really close to Brisbane and they want to rank in Brisbane, one of the most powerful things is actually getting other business directory listings because Google really kind of, in my understanding anyway, Google seems to look at the Google My Business or Google Places or whatever it's called more as a directory, just like all the other directories. And so the more listings you have, the more convinced Google is that you're real. Okay. And that's what you're trying to prove, that you're a real business servicing those areas. You're not trying to trick them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, Google is just a robot. So how do they know? (laughs) (laughs) So they're going out and they're looking for how many times can I see that business name, that address and that phone number. And so what they want to see is that what's on the contact us page of your website is your business name, address, phone number, and then on your Google My Business or Google Places, same business name, address, and phone number, and then every other directory. So it's kind of like each time it sees it, it's kind of saying, right, there's another listing to show me this is real. Got it. Okay, that makes total sense. I understand what you're saying there. I've got, a, I guess, a, a question along the similar lines. So I add links to my listeners' websites when they leave a review for the podcast. So it's my little way of adding a backlink to their website, right? So, and just the other day, Sarah left a review and she lives in a small town called Formby in the UK, but she also lives quite close to Liverpool, which is a big city. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of her clients come from. So she wasn't sure whether she should have her keyword phrase, say, Formby family photographer or Liverpool family photographer. Like which one would you go for? And that although more clients come from Liverpool, the better clients come from Formby. Interesting. Yeah. Um, more or better. That's going to kind of come down to a bit of a business choice. Yeah. So my thinking was, okay, you really want clients from Formby, but if no one's searching for the term, then it's not really worth having in there. So would you go in and check how many searches are happening for each of those terms? Can we do that ourselves? Yeah, yeah. So in the Google keyword tool, I mean, it, it's um, certainly at a city level, you get data as you go down into more suburb level. It's more difficult to know whether you're getting accurate data or not. So there's a big helicopter going. Past. I, <laughs> I heard some noise. I think, what's that? Do you say there's a helicopter going past your home? Yeah, there's a hospital close by. So oh, okay. come by. <laughs> They fly really low. (laughs) Got it, got it. So she could go into the Google keyword tool where you create Mm -hmm. Google ads and then add in both those terms, Formby Family Photographer and Liverpool Family Photographer, and see which one's getting more or getting what number of searches each one's getting. Yeah. I mean, she could split it up as well and kind of, you know, sometimes use one and sometimes use the other. Right. So she could leave two reviews for us and get two different backlinks. That's what you're saying. She could, she could, she could, depending on how the backlinks were, whether she can do one to the home page and one to maybe a, if it's an internal page that has that location or whether it's both to the home page. But I was thinking more on different places. So she might do one on yours and one on somebody else's. Because if you do two on the same site, they, the theory is that it's not as powerful as having two, but one from, from two different sites. That makes sense. So two links on one side is not as powerful as one link on two sides. 
Right, okay. And then what then if there was two links from the same site, but one was book, you know going to the family photography page and the other one was going to the wedding photography page, would that still dilute their power? I'm really not 100% sure, but that is something that we do as well. So some like some directories, like most directory listings when you're doing those, you have to put the home page in the section where they ask for the link. So, yeah, so on the directories, we will usually where you put the main link, you can only put a link to the homepage. But in the description, then it will often, not often, sometimes it will allow you to put a link to one of the other pages as well. And so if we can do that, we will. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. When I introduced you, I talked about, or I mentioned one of the book titles was um, an SEO migration checklist book that you've written. When would someone need to migrate their SEO? Yeah, so that would happen when you're getting a new website done. Right. So same URL, just a new website, a new build. Yeah. So what can happen is that So maybe I'll start by saying that it's something that doesn't affect every website. It's only really important if you're getting a lot of traffic from SEO. So if you have like Google Analytics set up, then you can go in and you can see where your traffic's coming from. So you can see if it's coming from Google ads, social media, that kind of thing. So a lot of the clients that I work with have sort of between 70 to 90% of their traffic coming from Google. Right. So SEO. It's from SEO. Yeah, exactly. And so if they get a new website and that SEO isn't transferred across to the new website, then they can lose all their rankings and traffic. And so I've had a few people over the years who've come to me like three or four months after a website redevelopment saying, you know, I've had to put staff off, we've lost all our rankings, you know, can you help us basically? Or, you know, we're close to bankruptcy and it's like, oh my God, (laughs) this should never have happened. And so then I have to recover their website. And if it took three months to lose all the rankings then it often takes three months to kind of get them all back again. And, you know, if you are earning $100,000 a month from your website and suddenly you've lost 50% of your traffic, that's massive, right? Yeah, huge. However, if you're somebody who gets 90% of your traffic from Facebook and you only make $1,000 a month from your website, then you're not really going to need SEO migration. (laughs) Got it, got it. Okay, so this is really for business people that have been in business for four, five, six years or longer and have you know built up their rankings, they're on page one, they're yeah. getting business from Google. Exactly, yeah. And so that could be some photographers as well who might have Absolutely. You know, had their website for 10 years or something and maybe you've only just sort of updated the images but then you're sort of like, no, I want like a whole new build. And I really think that it just comes down to the fact that some web developers don't know what they don't know because in every single case the web developers had told them, oh, yes, yes, yeah, that will be fine. (laughs) Yeah, we'll transfer it across. But I think because they're web developers, they didn't know enough about SEO to know what the critical things were to actually transfer across. So as an example, uh, some of the things that I see that are, you know, more of the simple stuff is where somebody has their address in the footer of their website And so it will have, you know, blah, 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 Brisbane as the address. And then on the new website, they haven't got the address in the footer anymore. And what the web developer didn't realize is that having the address with the Brisbane location in the footer 
was actually massively helping that person's rankings for every page of their website. <laughs> right. Okay, so if they had, for example, Brisbane in the actual copy on the web page instead of in the footer because it wasn't there in the beginning and they, the redesign says, hey, I'm a Brisbane family photographer, does that negate the effects of taking it out of the footer or not necessarily? Not necessarily because unless they've gone through and kind of put Brisbane on every single page on the website, they might have only put it on a couple. The other thing is that sometimes like what I'll often do as well is I'll have like a list of locations. So because sometimes people are in areas where there's not one main big city, but there's like a number of locations that are relatively big. Yes. And so, and they're locations that they're willing to travel to. So in the footer, I'll always usually have the address, but also a list of that says something like, these are the locations we travel to. And so if the web developer takes those off, then you're going to lose all those rankings. And it's a bit weird to kind of have that on the page itself. Right. Yes. Where it sits nicely in the footer. Exactly. Yeah. So this is where really then you need to take a step back from the aesthetics of the website, the design features, and you've got to look at the words you're actually using if you want to keep those rankings. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it might not be as pretty as you really want this new redesign, but it's still <laughs> got to be effective. So you've got to overrule those design decisions. Yeah. Well, in some websites, that's probably more of a thing than others. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, for, I know for photographers, it's important. Like we want our websites to look amazing as well as, you know, work SEO wise. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to bring you back to that in just one second there because you've, you've said something earlier that is probably important that we add in here or that you clarify. And that's that not everyone's getting a lot of their traffic or their business from SEO. So if I'm a new photographer coming into business, is your advice to start working on SEO or just focus on, you know, social media and ads and if that's working? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. And just before we finish up, Georgie, with the, the book on SEO for photographers, not so much the migration checklist, that's for tech-savvy photographers, is that right? Is that what you said earlier? Um, the SEO migration one is for tech-savvy. The SEO for photographers... It, it probably does help if you have, if you, if you know, if you are a bit tech savvy, but you don't have to be as much, <laughs> right? Um, because that one was kind of written more for business owners and people who are photographers who wouldn't have as much knowledge as a web developer. Okay, and do you are those books both books for WordPress uh, site owners only? You can use them if you have a different site, but most of the examples that I give in there use pictures from WordPress. So you can always just go and Google, how do I do this in whatever Squarespace platform you're in. Whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. I guess is Squarespace still on a WordPress background, on a, um, skeleton, whatever you call it. Or is it so do you know Squarespace? I know Squarespace. I think it is. I think it operates like a theme anyway. But so if they're coming from Wix... They, they, if they're using Wix, for example, they could still follow what you explain in the books. Yeah, you could still follow it with any platform that you're on. It's just that there's some things in there that I'll be talking about that are specific to WordPress that you don't find on other platforms. So you can just kind of ignore that or go and do a Google search because I'll, I have to do that when I get somebody who's like on Wix 
because so many websites are on WordPress that if someone comes with Wix or Squarespace or Shopify or something else, I have to Google search, how do I do this? (laughs) (laughs) On this other platform. platform. (laughs) Right, okay, got it. So we're going to do what you do and put in the hard yards and actually work it out. Exactly. And just with your business, are you taking on clients from around the world or only in Brisbane, only in Australia? How does that work on your side? Uh, Yeah, look, I can take on anyone from anywhere that wants clients from their local area. Okay. And then so how does it work with you? Do you just look at their website and then do like a, a consultation process? Do you do the work for them? Do you tell them what they could do to improve? Yeah, so I have um, a variety of ways that I work depending on how involved the person wants to be. So some clients I work with write all their own blog posts because they love writing and they want to do that. Other clients will write blog posts for them. We have, you know, we usually do the backlinking side of it because most of them don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I'll, you know, I do the technical on-site stuff as well. And so, yeah, so it kind of really depends on like if you've been in business for 10 years, you've built up trust with Google just by having your domain there for that long. So we can do the exact same work on a site that's 10 years old to a site that's one year old or brand new and the results will happen like two to three times faster on the old website. Right. Just because that trust is built in with the time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so we usually have like, you know, a set price that we have as like a starting point based on how many competitors you have. So like just say you're an ice cream shop in Malulaba <laughs> and there's, I don't know, five ice cream shops, but you want to be number one, <laughs> then because of the fact that there's 10 spaces on the first page of Google, but there's only five shops, like it's much easier to rank then if you're, you know, if you do roof repair and there's a hundred people that do roof repair all trying to rank for those 10 spots. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you need to look at, you look at that before you give them a price. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can tell you that most photographers are going to be, it's going to be pretty competitive. There's lots of us <laughs> that want to rank on page one. <laughs> so and is that just a, is that a phone consult or do we fill out a questionnaire? How does it work? I have like a free 15-minute phone consult that people can do just to have a chat about, you know, to find out more, just to find out if it's something that they want to do. I mean, they might want to go and get one of the books off Amazon for they're all under 10 Australian dollars, 10 US dollars, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) and just have a read through that. I have one book. I mean, photographers, It's uh, we know that SEO can help. It's just a matter of how much competition you have and whether you want to put the investment into that side of it because obviously there are other options with social media. Uh, Some businesses, SEO isn't a good idea at all. So that's why I have the book, um, what is it? How does SEO work? I can't even remember. (laughs) How does SEO work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's an example of a business where SEO wouldn't work would be a waste of time? Yeah. So I had somebody who did like, leasing like leasing of commercial spaces and people just don't search online for that you know it's kind of all referral and and there's a lot of business to business stuff where people just don't search online they go and talk to other business people about it and even seo like for my seo business like i didn't do seo on my website (laughs) really well because people aren't searching for it 
Yeah, because when I first started like 10 years ago, I went to like a business breakfast. And when I would sort of stand up and say, you know, I do SEO, people were like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So it would have been a waste of time to optimize your site for SEO. Yeah. So unless you were wanting to target, see, I wanted to work with, you know, family businesses who wanted clients from their local area. If you wanted to work with big corporates, then they will search online. And so, you you know, the SEO companies that work with those big corporates where, you know, most of them, it's kind of like their starting point is $2,000 a month for SEO. And so they're targeting like those big corporate companies. Then, yeah, it's worth them doing SEO, but I'm not going to compete against them. I don't even want those clients. Right, sure. <laughs> Who are the only ones searching anyway. Yeah, got it, got it. And so I went to business breakfast to build my whole business. Right. Okay. So which shows other ways to build a small business, which I love. Exactly. That's what's so good about it. Just talking about photographers and your services, let's say I come to you and I say, uh, Georgia, I want to rank on page one. I'm currently on page five. Do you actually look at the competition and say, you know what, you're probably not going to get to number one, but we'll get you on page one? Like, does that happen, that sort of conversation? Yeah, I had a a kitchen company that came to me once and they wanted to rank for like Kitchen Renovations Brisbane and they were down in Meadowbrook, so a long way from Brisbane. And I said, look, it's very competitive. I don't think, especially for the budget that they had, I was like, I don't think we're ever going to get you on the first page for that. But we can work with other longer tail keywords. So we can work with like outdoor kitchens and some of the other products and services that they had that aren't as competitive. And so we got them ranking for those. Anyway, I mean, five years later, They got to number 10 on the first page for kitchen renovations in Brisbane, which surprised me. (laughs) That's so good. So do you think that's an age thing as well as anything else or are all the other businesses, they're still the same as well? They've just moved up because of their SEO uh, abilities. Yeah. Look, I think that it's one of those things where I've noticed that there's some clients that will come and go with their SEO. They'll come for, you know, like 10 months and then they'll say, oh, we're going to have a break now. Then they'll come back a year or two later and then they'll they'll do some, some more. And in the long term, the results that they get is nothing compared to the ones that stick with it. Right. Because it's kind of that, it's a bit of an exponential effect that happens. And I just think that, yeah, they just eventually the other businesses weren't doing, hadn't done as much as they as we'd done for them after five years. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then they actually went on this TV show, House Rules, and they had they were on the very first show of that. So they got listed on um, like the the news websites business directory which you can't get on unless they put you on there and then they went to number one what, on page one <laughs> wow how good I was that? like if I could get every one of my clients <laughs> on that it just shows you the power of that one link that's incredible well, they were listed on a multitude of different directories that were like news corp websites right so it just gave them all that authority I was like oh my god yeah so powerful But, you know, as time has gone by, I think it's because it was a couple of years ago now. So, so they have started to come back a bit more in the rankings, but um, which would be expected, but um, because it's not a kind of new link, but yeah, like PR can be very powerful for, for SEO. 
I find it quite difficult to get any of my clients to do PR. <laughs> but if you're willing to be the person that the news media will go to when they've got, you know, some kind of thing that they want to ask an expert about. Yes. Then that can be very powerful. And there's sites you can register for those, to be one of those experts too mm. for the media. That's cool. Yeah. Georgie, this has been a real pleasure. Uh, fascinating. It's always interesting talking about SEO to me. I'm sure the listeners would have got a ton from what you had to share. The website is largehope.com. So I'll add links to that and where people can find you and your books in the show notes for today's episode. Georgie, massive congrats on your business. Thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, look, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Georgie as much as I did. Georgie, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. I, for one, learned a ton. I'm sure the listener did too. So again, thank you so much. For you, the listener, I hope I'm right in saying that. Was there any takeaways? Was there anything that you learned from Georgie that you're able to apply to your business, to your website, to help you rank more effectively? Let me know in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 489. The comments area is at the very bottom. And above that, you'll find links to anything and everything that Georgie mentioned, including all of her books. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll get Georgie added to our members Facebook group so you can have easy access to her there now or in the future or whenever you decide to make some major changes to your website and don't want to lose the rankings that you've established. Okay, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I am going to keep things short and sweet because Linda and I are sneaking away for a couple of days in the Hunter Valley. If you are unfamiliar with the Hunter Valley, it's a beautiful wine region about an hour and a half from where we live in Terrigal on the Central Coast. Linda has booked some super duper deal that she found I think almost a year ago, we'll be staying at a lovely golf resort amongst the vineyards. I can't wait to get there. I've got both my boys, Matthew and Jordan, coming up for a game of golf. Their girlfriends are going to be joining Linda for some wine tasting, some chocolate and cheese eating, hopefully not together. I'm sure we're going to enjoy some great times together. So with that, I'll catch you next week in next week's episode. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Enjoyed this episode? Head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.